Thank you for tuning in to episode one of the Invite Along podcast. Hello, world. This is Juan. And this is Quentin. We're an international couple traveling around the world for love, work, and the pursuit of wonder. Through this podcast, we invite you to come along with us as we discover places near and far while treading lightly and not breaking the bank. As we're about to depart on our trip, we're tackling one of our biggest logistical problems, what to pack. As a reminder, here is our situation. We'll be traveling extensively over the next few months and across many different climates. For example, we are starting off with Southeast Asia, known for being very humid and hot, and then going off to Australia, where it is the winter time in the Southern Hemisphere. On top of that, we need to dress for very different occasions, uh, ranging from weddings to month-long treks. But here's the thing, we want to limit ourselves to one backpack each, small enough that we can carry it with us on planes, including some budget airlines where the space and the weight is very limited. That way we save on time, we save on money, and we learn to downsize. So how do we do it? The first step is choosing the right backpack. We did our research and we decided to go for the Osprey Farpoint 40 liters. So uh, Juan, can you tell us a bit about it? Sure. So this is a backpack that's been heralded as one of the best ones for something called one-pack travel. I've actually been a huge fan of Osprey for many years, and I own their much bigger version, which is the one that I went on my study abroad trip with in college, where I mentioned that I hated carrying because it was too heavy. But it's still a very good quality pack, and I know that it held up for me for at least a decade. In addition, I also have some additional Osprey items like my trusty little toiletry bag. So I love Osprey products, and I'm happy to see that they offer this much smaller, more portable backpack. Now, there is a woman's version as well called Fairview. It also holds 40 liters. But when I bought one, I found that the women's straps actually cut in a bit weird for me on my chest. So I decided to go with the men's version instead. So we essentially have the same backpack for both of us. Just those backpacks allow you to tune really how the straps are going to fall on your body. So there's a, a wide amount of customization uh, regarding sort of the comfort. And yeah, now we're at a point where it's very comfortable for both of us. So... We have a container. What do we put in it? Actually, Quentin, we need to talk more about containers first. <laughs> we are using many, many, many different packing cubes. They are amazing and I love them. The one particular set that I have is from Eagle Creek. Now, I've had this set for close to 10 years. They come in different sizes, even an envelope version that keeps clothing nice and tidy without having to iron in the end. Okay, now let's actually go on to talk about clothing. As we said before, the challenge is to pack very light, yet to be ready for various climates and situations. The good thing is, because we've spent the past several years in Illinois, where the weather fluctuations can get quite crazy, fluctuating between extremely hot in the summer and extremely cold in the winter, we've learned that layering is key. 
Yes, so layering the ideas instead of packing some really bulky items, we want to pack some lightweight items that we can combine together. And having all those different layers is really key to keep warm even in cold temperatures because really the air that you're going to trap between two layers of clothing is going to keep you much warmer than just having some thick wool. For starters, to give you an idea, we've packed about enough for a week before having to do a big load of laundry. So just a couple shirts, a couple trousers. But one of those, for example, uh, for both of us is a thermal shirt, which is really going to be close to the body and is going to keep you warm. We have also each packed a waterproof parka that is good in general for the Camino and for extra layer of warmth and dryness as we're traveling around. I also packed my puffer jacket, which is one of these really compressible ones. I love my jacket and I feel like I might get a lot of use out of it, even in very cold trains or planes. Additionally, for ladies, I also recommend bringing some tanks. These are great pieces of clothing for layering. So I'm bringing one nice-ish one and one exercise one. In addition, I also recommend bringing two bathing suits especially if you're going to places where you might be swimming every day. This is because one set might not dry in one day and you might swim consecutively. It is incredibly unpleasant to put on soggy bathing suits, so I highly recommend bringing two. I'm also really sensitive to sun. I get heat rashes, so I did bring an extra long-sleeve UV protection shirt and a rash guard but it is a great piece of clothing to protect my arms and my upper body as I am in the ocean and doing ocean-related sports. We've spoken about the temperature and the difference in climates, but on top of that, we have to also both attend weddings on one end, but also go stroll across Spain for a month. So how do we do this? And here there's a bit of a mix of strategies. Uh, in my case, my idea is to go and buy clothes locally. How about you, Juan? As for me, friends, especially the two brides, I sincerely apologize. I am going to have to repurpose my dresses. These dresses are not incredibly fussy dresses. They are currently compressed or rolled up. They don't crease very easily. Another thing that's important in order to have a travel capsule wardrobe is to use a lot of neutral colors and maybe mix and match. In addition, I am not an advocate for spending a lot of money on gear before we leave. I am someone who's more an advocate for shopping your own closet or maybe shopping secondhand. You never know what you're going to find in a thrift shop in terms of high quality clothing. For example, one of the pieces of clothing that Quentin is bringing is actually a pair of awesome like mosquito repellent National Geographic travel trousers that do zip off. Unfortunately, this is like a dad outfit, but I'm sure they're dad outfits for a reason. But I found this at our local thrift shop called Salt and Light. And this pair of pants, I think, retails for over $100. But I got it for much less because it was secondhand and even still had the tag. Yeah, that's a very good point. I have to battle my own dad clothing demons uh, preparing for this trip. And of course, fashion has to take a bit of a step back in front of practicality. So I still have a few like cool looking shirts, but I also have some like strong Home Depot dad energy going on with my uh, tactical pants. <laughs> but I'm really glad I'm really glad we found them. And they're really I mean, they are really comfortable and, and they do the job extremely well. 
One thing that I still want to talk about while we're still on the topic of clothing is I want to make a separate point about shoes. Because again, we need different shoes for different occasions. Now here, uh, in the Southeast Asia, loads of people will tell you that really the best thing to do, especially if you're visiting a lot of temples and a lot of places where you have to remove your footwear, is to essentially just buy a local pair of sandals because there's no point lugging around some fancy sneakers or, or, or fancy um, boots because you're going to have to take them off and on all the time. But the one pair of shoes that is very important for us is, of course, the one we're going to use for walking the Camino de Santiago. That's where we need that quality because we're going to walk almost 800 kilometers or something like this within a month. So for this, Juan and I spent essentially an entire afternoon at REI, which, if you're not familiar, is a US, uh, a US store that's known for outdoorsy stuff in general, similar to Patagonia. Uh, we spent the entire afternoon there driving the sales guy absolutely mad by trying a bunch of different pairs. But I think we found the perfect shoe for both of us, like Cinderella. Juan, can you tell us a bit about your shoes? Yes. So I will be wearing Ultra Lone Peak 5s. They were on sale at REI. I could not resist. They are trail runners instead of full hiking boots. And they're special in that they are zero drop, which means that there is no change in the height between your heel and your toes. Previously, I owned a pair of Solomon's hiking boot, and I did wear that on my trek across England, but I wanted to go even lighter for this round. How about you, Quinton? So for me, uh, my hiking shoes are going to be from the brand La Sportiva, which is an Italian brand, and they're called the Wildcat Trail. They're pretty standard trail runners as well. You'll find a lot of guides nowadays that tell you that when it comes to hiking, you don't necessarily need those very big, heavy hiking boots. And trail runners are generally lighter, they are generally more comfortable, and they do the job just as well. So mine are extremely comfortable. I barely feel them on my feet. They are ugly as sin, but my god, they do the job really well. <laughs> I love the ugly as sin. They're not that bad. I really don't dig that design. But finally, the best shoes in the world won't save you if you're going hiking with your thin, dainty business socks. That's not going to work. So here, we had to go some good hiking uh, socks, and we went for the two renowned brands in a sock game. Uh, this Darn Tough and Smart Wool. And if you look anywhere, these are the two names that are going to come back constantly, and we can confirm they are very comfy, they're hug for your feet, and they keep you nice and dry and efficient the whole day long. Dang, we keep on talking about these brands. Let it be known that this is not a sponsored podcast. Well, it is the gear episode. <laughs> <laughs> if you are interested in sponsoring us, definitely hit us up. But Darn Tufts and Smart Wool are probably the only merino wool socks that we have. Actually, they're the only merino wool items that we have. If you look anywhere on the internet for people who are interested in one bag travel, you will see over and over again that merino wool is the number one material that's being talked about. But again, going back to my point of not buying everything brand new, I just wanted to stick with what I have for now. And if it doesn't work, maybe I'll upgrade. But for now, I'm perfectly happy with my Costco exercise shirts. If you can't tell already, dear listeners, between the two of us, my husband is definitely the more stylish one. I think you look nice too. That is true. I'm not big on like the exercise or athleisure, I think is the term. Uh, it's, it's just a fad that's passed me by entirely. I think it's because you're French. That might be it. Okay, wrapping up on the clothing topic, 
We are going to use different styles of packing cube, as I mentioned, and we will be both rolling and folding our clothes because these methods tend to free up more space in our bag. And we will also be using the built-in compression straps inside our bag to further compress our clothing. Now let's talk about a category I like to call survival, even though it's a bit dramatic. These are the items that are going to help us leave a normal life out of our backpack for the next few months. They are small and they may feel like tiny details, but they're actually some of the most important stuff. For starters, we have a collapsible water bottle of one liter. We also have one life straw for emergencies to filter water. We also have a day pack uh, because I don't want to be lugging my entire backpack every day. The day pack is essentially a small thin nylon bag that's big enough to carry some water, some sunscreen, basically what we need for the day. And once folded, it folds upon itself on one of its own pockets. We have an ultralight clothing line that compresses to basically the size of my thumb. And we anticipate we may need to do little pieces of laundry almost every day. In addition, we have a rubber sink stopper that's a universal stopper that's good for any sinks so we can wash our clothes. We also have some waterproof cases for our phone. And finally, we also will have something called a Hero Clip. It's a specifically designed carabiner. The idea is that the carabiner also comes with a sort of hook on the outside. It changes shape like like a transformer sort of robot. I don't exactly know how it works, but essentially you can have your carabiner part and attached to a hook part and the idea is you can then hook up any sort of thing that's clipped to the carabiner, leave it off the ground. So if you are somewhere where there are insects or some, you know, some risks like that, you can really avoid having your bag directly on the ground. We haven't tried it much yet, but uh, we hope that it works well. And yes, this is one of my gearhead impulse purchases, but I'm not perfect and I had to buy something. It just sounded too cool. We'll see how it works. I'm I'm actually really looking forward. I always make fun of Hon for all her like gearhead purchases. I'm like, why do you need this? And then I have to recognize that I say a good 90% of the time it actually is very convenient to have and it was worth spending like 15 or 20 bucks on. I do have a one week rule where I may add something to my cart for one week before purchasing so I can decide is this an impulse buy or do I really truly want it? And this hero clip sat in my cart for like a month and I finally committed. So now we're stuck with it. It's going to be great. It has to be great. <laughs> it has to be great. Okay, so now we have our clothes. We have our little survival items. Now we also need some toiletries. That doesn't take too much room, but again, we have to be a bit mindful. So no gallon-sized bottle of Listerine or pack of 500 Q-tips. Now, beyond the obvious, like a toothbrush or deodorant, there are a few extra items that we need on our trip. We try to pack solid or powdered items except for my liquid contact solution. So one of the solid items is sunscreen. There's no doubt that we can find some in Thailand, but unfortunately the beauty standards of Southeast Asia means that a lot of skin products are whitening, which we don't really want. Especially in my case, because if I start using a whitening product, I probably will become translucent. So I actually worked with the wonderful salespeople at my local co-op, and they imported some reef safe sunscreen uh, that is also in a solid form so we bought two of these and they are packed with us reef safe is very important for us because we will be snorkeling and doing a lot of ocean activities and there has been studies showing the negative impact of regular sunscreen so just in case let's go with the reef safe 
On top of that, for me, there are also clippers and the accessories that go with them, like the guards, because I shave my head and I keep my beard trimmed. Uh, we have also packed some tooth powder, so it's like toothpaste, but in a powder form, and a solid shampoo and conditioner. Feminine hygiene is also very important on the road. I know tampons may be hard to come by in many countries, so for me, I recommend using OB brand tampons, which are tiny and very easily packable. I will also be bringing a menstrual cup along with me. I have heard horror stories of using period undies on the Camino because they are designed to hold in moisture, and that could cause some rashes or chafing, so no period undies on this trip. I'll also be bringing my chargeable epilator for hair removal. So this is a good transition because the epilator is more of an electronics item and this is what we're going to talk about next. Now some people travel and they fully disconnect from the world and that's not going to be our situation. We still need our screens and our internets and whatnot because, well, first of all we need to write and record this podcast, but also because we want to keep in touch with our families and friends throughout the trip. But here we're trying to keep it to a minimum. Uh, we have one laptop each that don't weigh much, we have one phone each, uh, some earbuds, some charging cables for every one of these items, one Kindle, some universal adapters, and that's about it. We have a 3-in-1 charger, which we really love, because essentially it has one USB on one end, and it combines on the other end a lightning cable for Apple products, a micro USB, which is good for Kindle and portable batteries and likes, and USB-C, which is the standard for Android phone and earbuds. We also packed one of each type of these cables, but we tried to pack the smallest we could find, the shortest size possible. Uh, that way, again, we're not taking too much space. To record our podcast, we're simply going to use our phones. This is what you're hearing right now. We also packed some small tripods to make it easier to bring the phone to mouth level and to stabilize. Oh, and we have a small electronic scale. This is very handy to make sure that our luggages are not overweight. We highly recommend. We're also packing one USB stick for emergencies to print documents at hostels and such. Yeah, it's a good thing you mentioned that because paperwork is another important category. Now, thankfully, apart from the obvious passport, we don't actually need too much on that end. Now that COVID pandemic is hopefully more on its way out, there are fewer and fewer restrictions, fewer and fewer passes that we need to get. And the few countries that we are visiting that still require some sort of COVID pass, it's done online. We did get one important paper document, though, and that's our international driver's permit. Combined with our US driving licenses, it actually allows us to drive and rent cars in most of the countries we're visiting. So if you're planning a trip like ours, we highly recommend it. We also have printed copies of our main documents, like passports, driver's license, green card for Quentin, vaccine cards, etc. All of that stored in a waterproof pouch. One of our favorite ways to connect with people while traveling is to play games. We are huge board game people, but unfortunately we can't pack Splendor, which is my favorite game, and all its expansion packs. So we had to choose a few transportable games and get a bit crafty. Right, so I'm very excited about this part. Our first game is called That's Pretty Clever, or Ganz Schön Clever in the original German. And the basic idea is that you roll some dice are different colors, and uh, you choose which die you will essentially apply to your score sheet. 
And the goal being that, you know, at, at some point you want some high values and some other, at some other points in the game you might want a low value and you're trying to make the best of whatever dice you rolled. Now we had a great idea coming from our friend Carmen who actually had this exact game when she was traveling to Mexico. She laminated the score sheets so they can be reused over and over again instead of carrying a big pad of score sheets because normally they're one use only. Now our second game is called Quicks and it's in the same spirit as the first one where again you roll some dice of different colors and you want to sort of place them on your score sheets in a way to get the most points possible. But here the interesting part is that the dice are pretty much the same as that's pretty clever so we were able to actually only carry one set of dice. And of course, again, we have laminated the sheets, just like with That's Pretty Clever, so we, we're getting some space here too. The third game we're bringing is something called Mint Works, and the game with a very appropriate name because the whole game fits in a case uh, for your standard breath mints. The general idea of Mint Works is essentially that you have tiny cards and you have tiny mints that you place on the cards and they all correspond to actions. If you're in a board game community that's known as a worker placement game, I'm usually not a big fan of those, but this one actually works very well and plays very easily. And finally, we're also bringing a game called Love Letters. It's a very small card game where the goal is to be the last one standing, and it plays very quickly again, and we found that people tend to like it. So we're really looking forward to use those games to try and, you know, interact with new people. And with that, we still have a teeny tiny bit of space left, so we packed a few other things. This includes the four dresses, which we're bringing to Thailand for a wedding, but these are actually our friend's dresses, and we will be meeting up with her at the wedding. Yes, we are also bringing a couple of carabiners, so regular ones, not the hero clip. We're bringing a shopping tote bag, some travel towels, a dry bag, some backpack rain covers, as we mentioned earlier, uh, some Ziploc bags, a tiny first aid kit with ton of moleskin for blisters, anti-itch cream for bug bites and the likes, a lightweight sun hat, I shave my head, I don't have a lot of hair so I need a, a bit of sun protection, some pens and pencils, a couple of notebooks, and a very very tiny multi-tool that's also carabiner, so really it's carabiners the whole way through. All in all, Quentin's bag currently is about 12 kilograms, or 26 pounds. Mine is split between a 10 kg bag that is on my back that's 22 pounds and a 5 kg bag that is my folding tote and that is my on-flight entertainment and important documents bag. I anticipate that it'll get lighter as we hand off the dresses and we also plan to ship all of our non-Camino items home from Canada after that wedding. Yeah, speaking of like getting lighter stuff, uh, plain outfits are also pretty strategic. So if you have a limited amount of space, it's a good idea to wear some heavier, bulkier stuff on the plane because then you don't have to have it in your suitcase. We recommend wearing your heavier shoes, jackets, leggings with pockets and such, especially for some budget airlines. And on top of that, the planes tend to get cold. So this is the moment where you have to layer up kind of like Joey in France when he comes into the flat and is wearing like 10 layers of of clothing <laughs> you have friends in france yeah it's even called the same way is he called joey though yeah he's called well we kind of pronounce it joy but that's the idea yeah joey tribiani <laughs> going back to the plane i will be wearing some leggings with pockets i love these things they're so comfortable and practical for transit days i'm also going to be wearing my windbreaker and a big scarf thing that can double as a blanket or a beach towel or a sarong Basically, everything I have packed on this trip has to serve multi-purposes. And that's where we are right now. We'll check in on our packs and reassess as we travel, 
to see what's been useful and what's not needed, and we'll report back in following episodes. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love it if you could subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at invitedalongpodcast. And you can also reach us by email at invitedalong at gmail.com. So long for now. Bye-bye.